0: Hi friends, your co-host Ange here. Before we get into this episode, I need you all to do a very big favor for me. Close your eyes, unless you're driving, or handling heavy machinery, or anything where you really shouldn't close your eyes. I want you all to imagine, in your mind's eye, my co-host Kitty. You likely have no idea what she actually looks like so feel free to build that image in your mind whether she be a cartoon duck person or a small angry micro-sized bull. Imagine her at a water filtration plant where she is sabotaging the competition and then Darkwing Duck accidentally knocks her over the side and she falls into a vat of poisoned water where she melts away only to transform into a being made of pure water. She is now the liquid kitty or kitty dater or whatever you want to call her are you still imagining that great now imagine that for the rest of this episode i accidentally double recorded her voice and she sounds like she's been transformed into a mutant water dog salesman because that is exactly what happened the good news is that there's no bad echo you can still hear her quite clearly she just sounds well, you'll see. Anyways, on with the episode.
1: Welcome to Sleepers with St. Canard, the this places replaces rum cycles. I'm Kitty. And I'm Ange. we haven't slept
0: in 30 years. This is a podcast
1: about the 90s classic cartoon Darking Duck, where we talk about putting on your begetting-along blouse with your comrade friend. On a romantic island getaway, and also the moon, I guess. A.K.A. Today we discuss bad tidings.
0: The episode that I forgot existed.
1: You know what? I have zero memory of this episode. I mean, other than me just actually watching it, but nothing about this episode rang any bells for me.
0: There was one thing in this episode that rang bells for me. Should I? I don't know if I should mention it now or when we get to it. It was. It was the part where. Uh, Darkwing makes a throwaway comment about how he swam the English channel wearing a straight jacket. I remember that. I don't remember anything else about the episode, but I remember (laughs) him making that remark.
1: It was a very strange remark. Like, what? I mean, okay. I mean, straight and straight, I think, is the only connection that the writers were there. They're like, and he was in a straight jacket. Yeah, great. Move on.
0: (laughs) I love the implication that at some point he was committed into an asylum. For some reason.
1: <laughs> I mean, probably for any number of reasons that we're already aware of. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so we talked about bad tidings today, which if you would like to pause and watch it, and then you can weigh in with us on Disney+. Plus. It's Season 1, Episode 76. And another example of how I just don't think that whoever made the blurbs for these episodes has any idea what happens in any of them. The uh, description for this one is, a delinquent surfer steals an earthquake machine.
0: A delinquent surfer... Steals an earthquake machine. Earthquake... oh my... <laughs> you know what, I'll, I'll give them a pass <laughs> on this one just because even I like don't remember this episode, so I guess I shouldn't expect whoever <laughs> writes the
1: descriptions to... <laughs> Uh, yeah so unless Steelbeak is a delinquent surfer which I probably I wouldn't really put past him but I don't don't think there's a single episode like that I want to talk to the person who
0: writes these descriptions I want to know their story
1: so I out of curiosity because then I was like there has to be an episode that is actually about this and they just picked the wrong you know episode and put this description in so I scrolled through all of what they have on Disney+, Plus, and some of some of these descriptions are just really ridiculous. But for Justice Justice Ducks, Part 1 and 2 have the same description. And it says, Mega Duck, Mega, <laughs> like Mega Man, teams up with Darkwing's greatest foes. That's it. And then Double Darkwing's jambalaya jake obtains a potion to control darkwing it's it's there was a, i don't even know there was a couple that were just like what is happening here of course they have all the comic guy ones right <laughs> but <laughs> it's just it's just really
0: interesting maybe they like scroll through it really quickly and they look at just a few stills
1: there wow the, oh, what episode number is it because Tiff of the Titans had a completely ridiculous one, too. I was like, what? Alright, Tiff of the Titans. Beak Puss tempts the theft of a super attack bomber. Beak Puss. Beak Puss. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> their steel beak one like maybe they just don't like steel beak they would refuse to say this (laughs) (laughs) if this was like the easter egg of disney plus whoever hates steel beak please contact us we'd love for you to come on the podcast and tell us about your oc beak puss
0: i would like to talk to this person i want to know their (laughs) thoughts
1: (laughs) we just want to have a few words (laughs) may you know who Professor Moliarty is because that sinking feeling has his name in it, but Beak Puss. That's his name now. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is. Okay, so Tiff of the Titans, starring Beak Puss. This is an episode that, um, I don't know, I usually make you give a brief rundown, which I guess we don't really have to do because then we talk ad nauseum about the episode anyway.
0: You mean Bad you Tidings? What did I say? Tiff of the Titans.
1: Oh, yeah, I guess that's wishful thinking. I should minimize this Disney Plus thing now because i just going to keep reading it. <laughs> so would you like to do a breakdown of the episode or you just want to dive right in?
0: This episode had really weird pacing. The beginning of it, there really isn't much of a story when you actually look at the whole episode. It's literally just Darkwing and Grizzly Cough team up to stop Steelbeak because Fowl is trying to... Use the moon to cause tidal waves, which is quite simple, but like the first quarter of it is just them lollygagging, and then the conclusion, the actual conclusion, happens in the last two minutes of the episode.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it, I feel like 80% of this episode is just Darkwing and Grizzly cock fighting with each other like children. Yes. So our episode opens up with Darkwing monologuing to himself while dangling off the highest peak of Darkwing Tower. No one else is around. He's just stripper pulling the top of the Queen <laughs> tower, talking to himself and gets knocked out by a tidal wave, which leaves behind a flash quack that flops around like a fish that I thought was pretty funny. I was like, it was pretty funny, but then so he approaches the, the the flash quack that's flopping around like a fish, and then he picks it up and looks around like really shady like. Is anybody here at the top of this tower where my secret hideout is that no one else ever comes to because this is my secret hideout? Is anybody here to watch me open? It was just like, oh, it's going to be one of those episodes. Okay. And then he takes the note out of it and just throws the flash quack and it clanks somewhere loudly off screen. And, you know, it's a letter from Jay Gander, as these things tend to contain. He's the only one that sends him flash quacks, right?
0: Yes, I think it's actually just a shush thing yeah, yeah yeah
1: so it's a letter from Jan- Jake gander hooter saying that he needs to come there urgently and the word urgent is used like five times so he urgently makes his way to shush i do like the shush music that they play it's just very determined like Da, 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 like i drag Nettie in the sand oh, that's, that's fun and then we're in Jake gander's office and Jake gander has a very fancy office like somebody actually put some effort into designing the place like he's got all these books and on his desk there's i always say the wrong one embossed i think is what i say but it's the other one it's a relief i don't know it's a little sculpture of the, the shush bird eagle whatever just like on the front of his desk. And it's very ornate. And I was like, somebody put a lot of time into that. And then he has a globe, like the globe of the world that everybody has that I, I secretly want one as well, but have nowhere to put it. That has continents that de- defy all explanation on it. He goes up to it at one point to point out where Grizzly Cough and Darkwing have to go. And it's just basically like someone just scribbled black blobs all over it. <coughs> and then even, spoilers... They do go to the moon when they're blasting away from the, the, you know, presumed Earth. All the continents are just weird mangled blobs there too, so who even knows if they are on Earth?
0: I was going to say, maybe the duck verse, the continents separated in a different way.
1: Mm, that's why birds and animals evolved instead of the uh, monkeys and such.
0: Speaking of the planet and the general climate, did you notice that at the beginning of the episode, Darkwing's like,
1: Somewhat unusual for this time of year. We don't generally get tidal waves until we...
0: And then he gets cut off, and I'm like, wait, when do you get tidal waves at all in St. Kennard? Like, (laughs) when is the correct time of year that this happens?
1: Uh, Liquidator season.
0: Ah, that's true.
1: That's that's all I got. So yeah, of course, Darkwing when he gets to Jay Gander's office is completely drenched from the tidal wave, and he the first thing he does is just wring his hat out on Grizzly Coff's shoe, <laughs> just like he's just a dick from the jump. And then Grizzly Coff just very calmly takes off his shoe, pours all the water out into a plant that's next to him. Like, oh, is that gonna be dead? Like the next time we see it, nothing. Like, no, it was just it was just there. And then of course. This being a cartoon when Grizzlykoff takes off his shoe, there's a pop. I know we just talked about this in the Eyeball episode where Jay Gander is Darkwing's biggest fan, and I really feel like we got to see a lot of that this episode. mm mm-hmm. Because you know, where Jay Gander's talking about tidal waves and all that stuff, and Darkwing immediately starts running his mouth off like he knows what the hell he's talking about. <laughs> Jay Gander is very impressed with him.
0: Obviously caused by volcanic activity with a seismic force of 7.3 or greater, with an epicenter in the southern hemisphere, thank you. A most impressive deduction, Darkwing. But no, these waves are not natural disasters. Which leads me to
1: conclude they must be unnatural disasters. Even though that's not what's happening at all, he starts going on about volcanoes and all that jargon. And Cough is understandably very annoyed with this whole thing. And he, he, of course, you know, they know that this is a plot by Foul, but Grizzly Cuff explains what Foul stands for to the Darkwing. It's like the fetus organization for world larceny, which is obviously for us, for the viewer, just in case you hadn't seen an episode that explained who they were before. But Darkwing is super pissed off about it. <laughs> He's like, I know what it
0: stands for. This was received from Fowl, the Fiendish Organization for World Warthening. I know what it stands for! Darkwing is anti-exposition.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, Fowl has to holding the resumed Earth for ransom. And the it's a very reasonable sum of 90 kazillion dollars. Mm-hmm. Which I think is fun, because they, I feel like they've done this before, where it's just a made-up nomination of money, and that way it doesn't age. That's true. And then, so, this made me laugh out loud. So, you know, G.A. Gander is telling them how much, you know, 90 gazillion dollars, and Darkwing, and then he says to Darkwing, now you see why we need your help, and Darkwing pulls out, <laughs> his, turns out his pockets and goes, well, I guess I could kick it a few bucks.
0: Wasn't it his legs? Like, his feathers, too? <laughs> I don't that Probably. I'm,
1: oh, that's terrifying. Okay, that's I think it was his jacket pocket. Okay. But it could have been his his actual, you know. His,
0: his pants, as we call them.
1: His pants, his feather pants. That's his, that's his pants money. A couple dollars drift away. And they're like, uh, no. To like, stop foul. And he's like, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, of course, right. Duh. Darkwing is like, oh right, I'm gonna call Launchpad. And they're like, actually, you're gonna take this fancy jet thing that only Grislykoff can fly because we need this to be the episode. And then Darkwing just takes it very well and immediately starts assaulting Grislykoff with a telephone. (laughs) Just throws it at him. And Grislykoff very calmly and maturely in his own way retaliates by tying up Darkwing with the telephone cord and throws him out the
0: window. Beautiful. (laughs)
1: He's like... We are just hitting the ground running here and as he throws him out the window he kind of does like a little bit of a yo-yo bounce and Jay Gander is just wandering around like now now Agent Grislikov you have to work together <laughs> and then you know, Grizzlykoff just looks so happy with the situation and then he just pulls him back inside and slams him on the ground and he's just got the biggest smile on his face and I can't really blame him honestly.
0: I'm actually surprised so. that they took the time to explain why Launchpad can't be there because they didn't technically have to. I mean, this is a show where a million times over they say they're they're not into continuity. So they could have just not mm-hmm. mentioned it, but they actually stuck that in there. I don't know, I guess, to explain to the audience why Launchpad couldn't be the one to be there for this adventure.
1: Yeah, and it really it doesn't have Goslin. It doesn't have any of the regulars. It's just purely a shush mission, so we get a bit of Jay Gander, but it's primarily Darkwing and Grizzly Cough, which is kind of interesting.
0: I think it's the only episode in the entire series where both Goslin and Launchpad are absent from the episode, Ooh. which is interesting. It's a rare one.
1: Um, so, then Jay Gander, of course, has to show them some funky James Bond gadget that they're supposed to take with them for some reason. And again, just in that Hyper, hyper petty thing that just continues on in some variation or other through the episode. Grizzlykoff walks right in front of Darkwing and blocks his view (laughs) of what Jigander is doing. And Darkwing just spends, you know, quite a few seconds struggling to get through Grizzlykoff's arm so he can see what's happening. And it's a grenade wristwatch, which Darkwing immediately blows himself up. Typicals. That's how you do when you're Darkwing. And Jigander says, Darkwing, please, you must remember that the fate of the world, civilized
0: and otherwise, depends upon you and Agent Grzyzlikov.
1: So, civilized or otherwise, Jigander's throwing shade at whoever. And then, as they're in this shuttle, it's basically just a space shuttle, for, but for whatever reason, they're flying it around like an airplane. Darkwing is in Darkwing and give him a hard time. Then Grizzlykoff has to explain to him what time zones are and why that they're actually making good time where they're going. And then Darkwing immediately blows himself up with the Rizzy Watch (laughs) again because why not? But takes out most of the plane in the process. So, uh, they crash because you can't have anything nice in Darkwing Duck or in any close vicinity to Darkwing Duck.
0: This is when we start to see how petty and childish Darkwing can be in this episode, coming up with all these next parts.
1: Yeah, and it, there's I don't really remember too much about Grizzlykov because I feel like I, I have a general memory of him and what his character is. But he's super literally by the book in this episode. Mm-hmm. He's whipping out the the Shush handbook and it just keep, goes on and on and on and didn't really think it was very funny it was just kind of oh that's who that's who he is in this episode but i think that may have been the first instance of him whipping out his book his like a junior woodchuck guidebook kind <laughs> of and cocktails where they just whipped it out all the time then we have everyone's favorite Darkwing duck villain, beak puss just and they they happen to crash land on the exact right island
0: that's Darkwing and his dumb luck. That's usually how it yeah. is. He he does something stupid, and it somehow works in his favor.
1: Uh, so Steelbeak is in his little, I don't know, hangout with his Eggmen. And he mentions again that it's 40 kazillion simoleons, and that it might be a good time to ask for a raise. And that's true. Probably, probably is a good time to ask for a raise. And of course, they hear the crash, and... He's like, what was that in the really, Egg Ben thing? Yeah, what was that? Uh, I think it was a coconut vibe. Let me see that. The rest this is literally the rest of the episode. Steelbeak is just around them and nobody knows.
0: Just messing with them.
1: He's just like hiding behind trees. Not real like I, I don't. Know. So yeah, so he just they crash in a perfect location where he could just pull up his periscope and see them. And Darkwing falls out of the tree that they crash into. And then, of course, cartoon logic, Grizzly Cough immediately follows him and falls on top of him. And then the whole shuttle falls on Grizzly Cough. And Grizzly Cough dies in that instant. (laughs) And we would like to pause for a moment of silence for the untimely death.
0: Yet in peace.
1: <laughs> so, this may be the part where he gets trashed. And, uh, <laughs> in show Bible terms. But, uh, yeah. So, he's not actually dead. Somehow, he miraculously survives. And the shuttle starts broadcasting that Jake Gander Hooters trying to reach them. And, of course, they're very petty and bickering and trying to talk to him at the same time. And Grizzlykov says, Shuttle was severely damaged due to grossly incompetent bungling of Noodle Nut. And much like all the rest of us in the world, Darkwing goes, Noodle Nut? Shuttle was severely damaged due to grossly incompetent bungling of Noodle Nut! Noodle Nut? Who are you calling Noodle Nut? Gentlemen, gentlemen,
0: please! That's one of my only notes that I wrote down. It's just Noodle Nut.
1: <laughs> noodle Nut? And then they squabble and strangle each other like two Simpsons characters. Jigander shows the withered depression of a man watching his two favorite grandsons fight over who gets to play the Switch next. <laughs> Marseille are told that they have to work together for, I think, maybe the eighth time <laughs> in this episode. And so, this Part surprised me because, for as much as they fight through this episode, Grizzly Cough flips a switch and is just like, Oh, we are not buddies, we're palsy wowsies. It's like, What? <laughs> it, just happened. it might have been the blunt force trauma of the shuttle falling on him.
0: He doesn't seem but. to hold grudges in the same way that Darkwing does. Like, he's Kind of petty, but at the same time, as soon as Darkwing's like, let's have a truce and get stuff done so that we can finish this case. Suddenly, Grizzly cough completely willing to like go along with whatever Darkwing says.
1: Yeah, which I wasn't expecting. He's just like, oh, okay. Like he seems a little naive, which is weird because, you know have to work together so of course immediately Darkwing takes advantage of that and tells Cough that he needs to go cut down an absurd amount of trees and that he needs to do I don't even know do something else and Cough wanders off for a second and comes back and Darkwing's in a hammock whatever he's completely slacking off and he's like what are you doing Darkwing's like oh I'm watching the jet and Cough's like okay that checks out <laughs> just wanders <laughs> off to do what Darkwing told him. I was like, I okay, he's not expecting this at all. So, somewhere in all this, Beak Puss has decided that he is just going to pit them against each other for shits and giggles and let them destroy
0: each other. I guess. I believe his exact words were, Wow, 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 do I detect a note of tension in this relationship? Let's see what help we can be. I feel like that is every fanfic author writing about their OTP, where they're like, Hmm, I see some potential here. Let me eat this worse. Oh, there was only one bed. And it was cold and they had to huddle up for warmth.
1: (laughs) See, that's
0: what happens.
1: And This is the story of the romantic island getaway that made uh, Grizzly Coffin Darkwing canon.
0: What would their canon ship name be?
1: Draclycoff?
0: Draclycoff?! <laughs> oh my god! I love it! <laughs> <laughs> Draclycoff. <laughs> I love like how that. you had to think about that for a while. <laughs> well,
1: yeah, because my impulse was... Darkly Grizz, or something like that, but Draclycoff, I think, has a nice ring to it.
0: We need to drive this ship. <laughs>
1: I was about to say, we are now a uh, Drakely Cough Stan podcast. <laughs> <laughs> because this is a functional relationship. Indeed. So so somehow uh, neither Drake nor Gerizikoff notice that still is standing right next to them. <laughs> and just keeps cutting down trees that keep nearly missing Darkwing. And Darkwing for some reason, thinks that it's Grizzly Cough. And Grizzly Cough is like, nah, bro, it's not me. And then finally one does hit Darkwing and he retaliates by making a tree fall on Grizzly Cough and that is the second time he dies in this episode. <laughs> Up in the chat for Grizzly Cough. Rip. You only hurt the ones you love. Uh, and Steelbeak is very amused by all of this, as he should be. Uh, Grizzly Cough comes out. All, uh... No, this is when he says, We are pals, palsy walsies, right?
0: I think so. He
1: can't be serious. He can't be serious. That's what I wrote in my notes. And he was. He's serious. And then they make pretty decent little love shack for themselves. And uh Gristikoff is sitting around a little campfire and Darkwing throws a half a coconut at him <laughs> and it, it hits him with the sound that like the banana cream pie always hits a clown in the face. It's like that's but it's a half a coke okay. Hey Chris then Darkwing is trying to get him to lighten up. See, like this is how the romcom goes. Like, he's a little bit country, Darkwing's a little rock and roll, and they're gonna like, bond over this campfire, but no, no, here's the conference Too by the books, he's like, we can't hang out, we gotta go to bed, must hit Tay-Sac, doesn't want to lighten up, doesn't want to take a chance on love, and then Darkwing says, just shattering that fourth wall as he likes to do. I'd hate to be marooned on a desert island with him. Oh yeah, I am marooned on a desert island with him. And I wasn't gonna write that down because it was a real—it's a really just whatever throwaway line. But then the camera pans up, and there is literally a stage-ready microphone hanging out of the. The palm tree over his head, <laughs> and that's like Steelbeak is just listening to everything they're talking about. And I needed a minute because it, it just—it was such a visual gag thing that got me that I just laughed far too long. And then we see that the Eggmen are recording and and splicing together clips of Darkwing saying that he's gonna, you know, get rid of Grizzly Cough for good, but. It's just... And then... <laughs> so they're gonna frame him. They're gonna frame him so Gerslykov thinks that Darkwing's gonna knock him out. Knock him off. So... How they implement this, is I thought was weird because it's exactly how Ange and I record the podcast. <laughs> I was gonna so say! Steelwick still, still lands into the window of Gerslikov's little sleeping enclosure and holds a speaker up to his head so that he hears Darkwing say in, like, the very... You know it's it's funny because obviously just get Jim Cummings saying one sentence pretending like it's cut from different things. Tomorrow, I
0: get rid of Crisley Cobb for good,
1: and uh, no one sees him. No <laughs> one sees Still Tillie. He is the master of stealth, and repeatedly, and for someone who is supposed to be this like super sleuth, like sneaky superhero type, Darkwing, time and time again. Just like you did with Bushroot, just like you did with everybody else, he just announces his presence immediately. But Steelbeak, see? That beak puss, he's soft on his toes. So yeah, but the, this literally how I, Hange and I record the podcast. Is that she hangs a microphone out of a tree near my apartment, <laughs> and then I just hold a speaker through her window.
0: <laughs> and sometimes I splice your words together to make you say things.
1: Yes, we should make an example of that right now. And you should make me say something like, I hate Herb Muddlefoot. <gasps> yes! And this is why this is the last episode of this podcast! <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so Grizzlykov obviously buys this hook line in Smirnoff and thinks that he's about to be killed by Darkwing, who he knows to be completely incompetent, so I don't know why he's actually afraid of Darkwing killing him. But he builds a raft and paddles away during the night. And then this is where, you know, Darkwing wakes up in the morning and this is where the straight jacket thing comes in. Because Darkwing catches up to him immediately. Like, Grizzlykov is a speck on the horizon and Darkwing is just like holding himself onto the raft as soon as he realizes that Grizzlykov is trying to make a break for it. And he swam the strait twice while wearing a straight jacket. Thank you.
0: You'll never catch me now. No one can swim that far, Unless it's someone who swam the channel twice while wearing a straitjacket, thank you. So,
1: now we need to know why was Dark being institutionalized.
0: I can think of I mean, several reasons. Would you like to name them for the court? Excessive alliteration, running around in a mask and cape, Driving a motorcycle with a giant duck face on it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. egomaniac, And of course, yeah. talking out loud to himself and also talking to a mysterious audience of children that are supposedly <laughs> watching him. But when he tells everybody <laughs> this, they're just like, uh-huh. sir, sir, there are no children watching you right now. And he's like, I swear, I can see their tiny little glinting eyes on me at all times. They're everywhere and they're just like sir we're we're going to have to sedate you now and then they just take him away. He's like no, I've been
1: to their universe. They're all featherless and they have action figures of me.
0: <laughs>
1: they have no they need to beaks. <laughs> they were like we could put them in a cell or. So anyway, so they get uh, and then they have a fight on the raft where they fence each other with oars which I think may have been the most effort in regard to a fight scene that we have seen in the episodes that we've watched. It's true. So I was a little impressed by that. Uh, of course, it does end with them both sinking a uh, raft and washing up on the shore, and so that that was it for the, the epic fight. It's even, there really isn't an epic fight with Beak Puss once they do catch up to him or realize that he's there. Um, And then, you know, of course, they're very on task and super into the mission. Just kidding. They start squabbling again, and Darkwing draws a line down the center of the island. Uh, That's my side. You stay off my side. Steelbeak is just having the time of his life, hiding behind a palm tree. Knocks a coconut down to see them fight over whose coconut it is, because it lands on the line or rolls over the line or something like that.
0: I feel like this is close to the end of the episode, where it's like, why haven't they actually figured out that Steelbeak is there yet? Like, they're ju- they've just been, like, being idiots this whole time. They have one <laughs> collective brain cell between the two of them this entire time. And it's fighting with itself. Because it's literally all they
1: do. They, I mean, I think they do work together for, like, five seconds, maybe, maybe a minute of airtime. The rest of it is them just being mean to each other. During all the squabbling, Jay Gander calls again. Grizzly Cough has fixed as much as the shuttle as he can. But there's even a, a line painted down the center of the screen on the shuttle. <laughs> so Jay Gander has a big white streak down his face because Darkwing is that kind of petty bitch. And I don't really remember what Grizzlykoff is saying, but Darkwing does not agree with it. And he says that he's full of borscht. <laughs>
0: It's not my fault, it's his.
1: No, he's full of bush. It's all his fault. thought oh, that was pretty funny. And then, of course, as true adults, they fight over the little screen that Jay Gander is on, trying to fight for the love of Grandpa, and they rip it in half. So now they can't even communicate with him. Poor
0: Grandpa. And then
1: there is a tidal wave again, but somehow it does not wipe off any of the paint or the line down the center of everything. But... They get washed into a cave and it's like, oh, they weren't going to find the plot themselves. Nature had to intervene <laughs> <laughs> and, and then they're in the cave and this part made me laugh too. So they're in the cave, Darkwing looks over at Grizzly Cough, and there's a fish tail sticking out of his ear. Darkwing says
0: Not that I care, but you've got a fish in your ear.
1: I cannot hear you. I've got
0: a fish in my ear
1: it's the first thing they've agreed upon all episode. And then he pulls it out and it is an enormous fish. Like, it is the, like, the size of his torso. How big is Gristlikoff's brain?
0: It's big and There's empty.
1: So sure, it's cavernous. Like the cave they're in. And like, their love for each other. Darkwing is just, it's just the worst, because he's just like oh, look at these ancient cave paintings, and walks over to the wall, and it's, I just did not even listen to what, I'm, what he was saying because it was so obviously tic-tac-toe <laughs> marks but he's like spinning this whole big tale about what they are and how he can examine them to see when they were drawn and then he just realizes that it's chalk and there's two eggmen like within eyesight <laughs> playing tic-tac-toe on the wall <laughs> with each other. Oh my god he's the worst. So, again, in another, in a perfect instance of Darkwing Duck being the master of surprise, they walk up and he goes, Uh, The element of surprise means nothing. He just croons to them and then they immediately get trampled. Like, they don't even try to stop or fight the Eggmen that are stampeding toward them. And then they, they, of course, wind up beating up the Eggmen, not without... Grislikov breaking into the, you know, Russian dance, because this is how we do it in old country. lover of the Russian, And then, so they, they trounce the two Eggmen that are there, but then Steelbeak is standing right behind them and pulls a gun on them. <laughs> it's like, please, guys, take notes on how to do it. Like, Steelbeak knows how to do it. And that's why I think it's unfair how they treated him in the show Bible, because I feel like he is one of the most competent villains in their show.
0: He is. Because he, he takes this job seriously, and he isn't really out to do anything petty or personal. It's literally just, this is his job, Fowl told him to do this, and he will do it for the money. And he's good at it. Yeah.
1: And, of course, catches them, and they come along, and he strings them up over a trapdoor filled with sharks. Uh, in the typical cartoon, 90s cartoon way, where the sharks act like dogs. Classic. Yeah. Also, they don't really... Like, it's that connected to the ocean. So I just imagine that Steelbeak had them build this little trapdoor thing and then just kept sending Eggman out to drag sharks back in. <laughs> hey, go get another one. So, it, oh, there was so much of it. I was getting frustrated with Steelbeak when he was getting frustrated with them. Because... It's another parallel to with like how differently he was handled in DuckTales twenty seventeen of how stupid he was. Because this is like Steelbeak seems more intelligent than most of the people in this show because he is trying to do his little, you know, villain monologue thing where he's explaining the plan to them and he opens a like a moon roof and of course the moon is up there and he's like there's only one force of nature strong enough to control the tides and Darkwing says Coconuts <laughs>
0: Stupid just is so angry about this. <laughs> He's furious. He's just like, "Oh no, the moon!" I'm sorry. There's only one force in the galaxy strong enough to control the tides. Coconuts? No, not coconuts. The moon. The moon.
1: What? <laughs> so yeah. So then he he leaves with a "See you never." But also, I don't really understand. This is just one of those, you know, evil plots where, well, you don't pay us the money we want, so we'll just flood the earth. Yes. Okay. And then what? Like, how does that. Like, where, where does the money come in then in a flooded earth? It's.
0: Maybe they flood it and kill a few thousand people and then drain it and threaten to do it again because they're like. We warned you the first time. We're not bluffing. I don't know.
1: So they, they flood the Earth. Then, Bowel's the only one that has tubes and floaties. and They sell them for extraordinary prices.
0: Wasn't there a plot like this in one of the Pokemon games with one of the team, not Team Rocket, but you know how there's like a different team per Pokemon game? I feel like there was one where they tried to flood the Earth. I could be wrong. You no. Know?
1: The only Pokemon games that I have played are Pokemon Snap and Pokemon Stadium. Really? Yep. Gasp! I know. Most of my Pokemon
0: knowledge is from the show.
1: Wow. I
0: know. That's fair, actually. I, That's fair.
1: I was about to say if you if you want to take a moment, we can <laughs> throw this podcast into the the next title wave.
0: <laughs> I've just I've played every Pokemon game in existence.
1: Yeah, they they look fun. I just they never never partook of Pokemon.
0: That's okay. That's okay. I uh, won't I won't judge you too harshly, comrade um, friend. Comrade <laughs>
1: friend. <laughs> As Steelbeak is making his dramatic exit and blasting himself and his Eggman up into the mo- to wait out the flooding or to actually make the flooding happen, their Grizzly Cough and Darkwing are being lowered down into the the puppy shark tank. Grizzly Cough. Pulls all Laurel and Hardy out and dusts it off and says, Well, here's another fine mess you've gotten me into. But then ends it with Comrade. (laughs) There's lots of comrades in this episode. And they wind up, it's a bit like Emperor's New Groove at this point, where they kind of squabble themselves to safety. Like, it really doesn't make much sense, because Darkwing's like, We're going to swing right! And Cops like, No, we're going to swing left! And of course, you know, they wind up getting this big arc and rope. Breaks And it sounds like they land in the shark tank because there is a splash, but then they just kind of walk away. Darkwing, of course, wants to go to the moon, but naturally cannot fly the space shuttle, as he's already been told. But in a exhibition of exactly why Darkwing should not fly, the thunder quack happens, I think, because somehow he is an even worse pilot than Launchpad. It's true, actually. Because- She's really bad. Like I don't even know how they get this thing off the ground. But Grizzly Calf retaliates by lassoing space shuttle as some nifty little rodeo twangin' banjo music is going on and gets himself into the driver's seat and then they, they they lift off. But of course the rocket is only ninety percent fixed. We will not have to wonder what the ten percent that is lacking is for very long.
0: When did it get fixed? I don't remember that part. Like, did like who fixed it? Grizzly cough. He mentions it when Darkwing
1: has, while Darkwing has been painting a line down the center of the entire island, Grizzly cough was fixing the space shuttle.
0: Okay, so he was being useful, and Darkwing was Darkwing. Darkwing. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Yes, they have snazzy little space suits on that were in the shuttle. I guess they kind of decided to just make sure that there were spacesuits in the space shuttle, even though they had no. Uh, intentions of going to space, but they're pretty snazzy. Dark Wings is in his color, obviously, naturally, and in this little segment here of them in space, find out that the 10% of the space shuttle that did not get fixed was the brakes. <laughs> so they go crashing toward the moon with the weirdest scream <laughs> I think I've ever heard it's really because they're both making very weird noises that I tried to translate and I came up with (laughs) 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 (laughs)
0: Just
1: crash into the surface of the moon but of course they're fine and then they immediately have another fight about who's gonna step on the face of the, the moon first
0: was it russia that was first on the moon? But Americans also have their own, like, we were the first on the moon kind of thing. Or am I thinking about in space in general?
1: Uh, I think America wanted to be the first in space. The Russians were the first in space. The Americans landed on the moon first.
0: Okay. I feel like they could have yeah. used that in a joke somehow.
1: Yes. They could have.
0: I feel like they threw the sink
1: at everything else, but they did not do anything in regard to the space race. Maybe this was supposed to be Russia versus America with Darkwing and Verslikov arguing about who was going to step on the moon first. And then at the end of it all, I don't even remember who stepped on the moon first because all I wrote next was bouncy moon because I think Darkwing hits the ground and he just like foing and like floats away. <laughs> what? what? Like trampoline moon. It was really weird. Beak puss he has a very snazzy space suit on, too, but I liked that his, because they're in, you know, the, like, diving helmets, like, you know, Mysterio kind of fishbowl helmets, but Steelbeak's
0: comb on top of his head is too tall, so it's smooshed down. I also <laughs> noticed their tails were all missing. Mm. Their butts were flat, so mm-hmm. their tails are under there somewhere, apparently, but not enough to show a little lump. A bulge. <laughs> No butt bulge.
1: (laughs) No butt bulge. So, yes. So Steelbeak is doing his whole thing, and they find him and immediately alert him to their presence because of why would they try
0: any other way. And this all happens in, like, the last three minutes of the episode.
1: Yeah, it's, like, breakneck pace from here. So, getting to the moon, finding Steelbeak, and then they work together to Jettison Darkwing onto Steelbeak's head, where he, <laughs> uh, where he does like a weird little like twist, so you get a big old shot of Darkwing's butt, <laughs> and he's very sexy looking. And then he just kind of like makes Steelbeak really dizzy. And I asked Ange to send me some screenshots of this episode, and I was very delighted that you put that one in there. <laughs> so that will probably be the image that I post with this episode of Starkwing. Presenting his his bulgeless butt while atop Steelbeak.
0: I feel like this episode had some good screenshots that can be used <laughs> for the out of context Tumblr blog.
1: Yes, it was definitely. It seems like an entire out of context episode as far as the con, well, quote unquote continuity of the show. So yeah, so Darkwing makes Steelbeak dizzy and he face plants into the machine, making it short out. Cause sure. The Eggmen get trounced by Darkwing and Grizzlykoff doing the the Russian King dance in unison, uh, because they can now work together. And Steelbeak just amscraves in a shuttle that looks like him. He's just like, alright, bye, later. Little silly thing that Grizzlykoff says, we buried the hatchback, instead of the hatchet. And then this, (laughs) the whole end of this episode is like, what? Cause grizzly cough is like well and uh, we did that and it'll be months before we're rescued uh, oh okay and then the truce is over immediately as they immediately start squabbling with each other and as we pan away from the moon there's a, a another white line painted down the center of the moon and it fades to black and as legend has it you can still hear them squabbling to this day <laughs> and that's and that's the last time we ever saw them dun, dun, dun. for months. They didn't even bring food with them.
0: I guess they're gonna either one of them's gonna kill the other and eat them or. Yeah.
1: Ooh, the Eggmen. I don't think Steelbeak like, took the Eggmen with him. Oh, uh, gonna... yeah, they could
0: eat the Eggmen. Mm,
1: there you go. There's more than one way to break an egg.
0: Also, and... can we talk about the fact that at one point in those last three minutes, Steelbeak? Drops a fact about how our body is made of ninety percent water, and then he says <laughs> a really visceral description of your organs exploding yes. or something.
1: <laughs> yes, because that was his plan. Because in the in the flight or whatever, Darkwing takes Wolseyklov's rule book and shoves it down the front of his spacesuit, and so Steelbeak expects to shoot his tidal wave ray at Darkwing Duck and his maliciously narrating what would be happening
0: inside his body. Like his organs are gonna be pulled out of him or something.
1: Yeah, like he's basically gonna become a human lava lamp and die. Did you know that your body
0: is 90% water? You know that! And right now, your internal organs are swelling and pulling apart. <laughs> and they feel fabulous. Hey, hey, what's wrong? And
1: of course the book blocks it. For some reason. As these things happen, yes. Because the rules and regulation prevent against lava lamp innards.
0: I'm confused though. So the moon powers the tides, so they were controlling the moon with this control panel that was just plugged into the moon?
1: (laughs) Well, you know, you gotta make sure you have the right connector. You have to make sure that you can connect to the moon unit Zappa AC RF unit. But you know what? I did write down here, there was not a single I am the terror that flaps in the night in this whole episode.
0: That's actually really weird. I wonder if that's the only episode where that happens.
1: I don't know. You can try to keep account count, because I usually try to write them down, because they're generally pretty good. But there, there wasn't one. He did do a Let's Get Dangerous, but there was no I am the terror that flaps in the night, which is it
0: even Darkwing Duck? this episode did feel different from like the general tone. So I was looking at the production order because I noticed that some of the earlier episodes, did you notice that Darkwing's voice sounds a little different? Like it's like barky? I don't know how to describe it. It it sounds like there's a couple episodes that I don't know if it was like Jim was still getting the hang of Darkwing's voice or maybe he was sick with a cold, but His voice just sounds slightly different in some of the episodes, and I noticed it's a lot of the early spy-themed episodes. But I was looking at the production order, and this episode was 30-something in production order, so they had had done a bunch of episodes. But my understanding of the show is because it was originally supposed to be Double O Duck, and it was supposed to be spy-themed a lot of the episodes that they have were kind of reused and rewritten that were initially mm-hmm. spy-themed, and you can see some of the remnants in a few episodes, and I feel like this might have been one of them.
1: Right. And it's it's kind of a weird episode, too, because it feels very much like a worse version of In Light Blunt. hmm Because Derek Blunt and him kind of have the same dynamic where, you know, Derek Blunt is supposed to be the the professional... And Darkwing is, you know, the idiot that keeps messing things up. Which is kind of weird. Uh, Grizzly Cough kind of went really passive at some point in this episode. But, I don't know. But yeah, it was a weird it was a weird one. I mean, it wasn't a bad one. I enjoyed it. It definitely felt off. The episodes without Goslin always tend to be a little weirder for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, like, even with there's no launch pad at all. Like, so there really was the only comic relief was... Darkwing and Grizzlykoff being super petty with each other.
0: I'm going to be honest, too. I find that I love Darkwing. I love him to death. But the episodes where it's just him and Goslin and Launchpad aren't there to balance him out, I find that he is a little more irritating to deal with and watch. Yeah, I could see that. Because even Grizzly Cough is just mad at
1: him, but he's also kind of a shade of Darkwing. Because they're both very headstrong and they both think that they're right. So there isn't really anybody there to be the comic really or to just, you know, like be the launch pad and just be like, well, gee, I don't think we should do that. Or Goslin being like, oh, come on, dad. So, yeah, it was it's a strange one.
0: But we did it and it was like watching it for the first time. We forgot <laughs> existed and I think I picked this one. Yes, you did. Yeah, because I, I have no memory of this
1: episode at all. So... I had forgotten it existed. As far as a freshness scale, I would say it's
0: probably a 3 out of 5. I was going to give what it a 3 you? out of 5 too. Look at us. Yeah. We are completely in sync like the moon.
1: Just, <laughs> just like Drakely Cough.
0: You and me. <laughs> you and me, comrade friend.
1: Comrade friend. Comrade palsy-wellsy. We gotta
0: let nylons be nylons. <laughs>
1: So we did that. Are we going to spin the wheel?
0: Yeah, Figure spin that here. wheel. Let's see. Clickety click, click, click. I'm predicting you're going to get Tiff of the Titans. I'm just guessing.
1: You witch. It's Tiff of the
0: Titans. <laughs> Return next time. <laughs> ah, what psychic powers. Yes, <laughs> Tiff
1: of the Titans.
0: that's a good one too
1: it is a good one i'm excited but yes so that's exciting so we have tip of the titans next time
0: i'm excited yeah i I like that one
1: i'll make sure that i am very prepared with my five-page essay about why i love
0: (laughs) of course make sure you have your introduction and at least three points and a conclusion and your citations, maybe in APA citation because I don't like MLA format.
1: How about uh, spacing? Should it be double?
0: Yes, because then it makes it look like you did a lot more than you actually did.
1: Okay, and I will make sure to dust off my soapbox so that it is nice and ready for me to stand upon it. But until then, do you have anything else for our listeners, Ange?
0: I don't think so. There isn't any news that comes to mind at the moment as of recording this. We didn't hear anything about a reboot since the anniversary passed, so we're still kind of in a limbo. We don't know what the future is for Darkwing Duck.
1: It's a will-they-won't-they, just like (laughs) Draklikov.
0: Indeed.
1: So we will be Tiffin of the Titans with you next time, guys, but uh, for now... Prime does not to be sleeping, and neither are doing we (laughs) Goodbye. (laughs)